Publish Her Podcast, Episode 82. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Alexa Bigwarf, host of the Publisher Podcast. And today, we're going to be talking about what it looks like when you decide to republish your book. One of the greatest advantages of being a self-published author is that you have full control over making changes if you find mistakes in your book or even completely revising and republishing a second edition, which is what happened with uh, the author we're speaking with today, Rainey Horvath. So basically, after some time, she realized that maybe her cover wasn't what it should be. Maybe there were some changes that needed to be made, or there were definitely some changes that need to be made in the manuscript, and she made the decision to completely republish her book. Pros and cons. The cons, obviously, when you publish a second edition, you lose all of the reviews that were associated with your first book. But the pro is that you get the opportunity to republish your book, do a relaunch, uh, reset the stats, and make sure that the best version of your book is out there. So we'll be discussing all of the things that Rainey went through in making this decision and her process and more. It is only a couple of weeks out from the Women in Publishing Summit if you are listening to this when this posts in mid-February. So I would highly encourage you if you want to learn about more things like all the things that you need to know to make sure that you get your book out the gate properly the first time, uh, please join us at the Women in Publishing Summit. You can use the coupon code 50OFFWIP23 to save $50. That's 50OFFWIP23 at womeninpublishingsummit.com. If you can't attend the conference or you're listening to this after March 1st, we host monthly webinars, workshops, and other things throughout the entire year. So still go over to womeninpublishingsummit.com, get on our email list, sign up for one of our events under the events tab. Um, Our gracious sponsors to the conference allow us to provide content free of charge every single month. But this conference, y'all, it's really a special event. And if you aren't already registered, I really encourage you to join us. Um, If you can't attend live, there are recordings of every single session that you'll be able to listen to and rewatch and learn from all the way through December. So it's a win-win situation and the content lineup is so incredible. You can see the schedule, the workshop descriptions, um, the speakers, the sponsors, all of those things. And do check out our sponsors. We've got some really great offers from our sponsors this year to save you money in companies like PubSite, which is a website platform for authors, and Grace Point Publishing, a publisher for transformational nonfiction, a hard word to say, but a great thing to write. Uh, Discounts on services offered by our, uh, our other gold sponsor, Your Book is Your Hook, and what great content Jennifer is bringing to our audience. We've got Pro Writing Aid and Lulu and Book Baby and Autocrit and so many other great sponsors, Bubblish. So be sure to check out all of those and their special offers. Again, womeninpublishingsummit.com. Okay, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Publish Her Podcast, a place where you can come to get inspiration, motivation, help, encouragement, and support in your journey to write, publish, and sell your book. Hosted by Alexa Bigwarf. Cause I've been where you've been, and I felt what you're feeling, and I don't want to get in your way. Welcome. 
Welcome everyone to another episode of the Publish Her podcast. I'm Alexa Bigwarf, the host, and today we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, actually, and that is um, basically how to redo it the right way. <laughs> I'm I'm talking with Rainy Horvath today, who is a writer who began her writing career creating award-winning technical documentation for Fortune 500 companies from Silicon Alley to Wall Street. Um, after earning an MFA in creative writing and an MA in arts from Manhattan College, she re she returned she turned to her first love, creative writing. Today, Rainey writes fiction, nonfiction, and songs. Her first book, The Able Queen, is a World War II memoir about her father's experience as a hump pilot, which was released in 2020. She's currently working on her next book and learning about the publishing industry. And you can find out all about her at rainyhorvath.com. We've got some other um, links that you will be able to access through the show notes as well. But welcome, uh, Rainy. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Alexa. It's a pleasure. So we're talking about doing it wrong and getting it right, which as I alluded to, it's, you know, it's such a, it's a fun topic because um, in this in this fun world of publishing right now, like there's so many ways to do things. There's so many resources out there to help you do it. There's so much advice, some of it good, some of it bad. But what we find out is that for those of us who are indie publishing, a lot of it is trial and error and then fixing what we did wrong. So um, talk to me a little bit about you decided on the two-year anniversary of your book, The Able Queen, you decided to re-release it. Um, and so let's talk about some of the lessons learned and why you decided to do that. Absolutely, yes. Um, my uh, the first the first time I published this book, I knew nothing about publishing at all, um, and I had not yet found um, the right published self. And so I just was. Uh, I think a lot of people have a great idea. I call it a small book in a big world. <laughs> and um, they they just want to get it out there. You know, they're passionate. And I guess one thing that is discouraging about the publishing industry is the amount of time involved from start to finish. So uh, I didn't want to wait that time. I just wanted to get it out there. And so I, I just did it. Uh, one of my father's teachings was, if you don't know how to do something, do it, and then the next time you'll know how to do it. <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> that's sort of our family motto in a way. And uh, and uh, so I did publish the book, and I was I was very proud of it um, until some reviews started coming up on Amazon that were less than flattering and very hurtful. You know, because when you publish a book, it's like your baby, and uh, it it matters more than anything. So. Um, you know, I, I had two choices to take the book down and forget about it or to fix it. And I decided with Alexa's help and Right Published Sales help to do it right. Yeah. And I mean, that in itself is a very brave thing to do. But I think, I mean, obviously we think it was the right, right thing. I think, I think one of the biggest mistakes from my perspective that I see and that we often work with authors to fix is is around editing really um and that was something that you had expressed you were like there were some things that I found some mistakes I'd like to fix and all that kind of stuff and it's it's interesting because we go through multiple rounds of editing most of us you know and do all the things that we think we think the book is ready we've had it read by beta readers we've done all these things and then 
to your point on time, I think sometimes we don't take just a little more time to maybe go to the next level. And would you would you say that that's the case or am I putting words in into? Oh, absolutely. That's <laughs> the case. And in my case, I did none of those things because I didn't really know that you had to do them. And I, I guess I had the idea that good content is more important than good form. Oh. And um, I knew that the story was really, really good and that it would be very well received. Um, and I also, uh, uh, one thing that I shied away from editors is um, this is very much a first person account. And I was, and it, my father um, was, you know, he was a simple man. And so his language was simple, but I felt it was historically important that it be accurate. And I had this idea that editors would just change my work. Mm. They would change it all and rewrite it and it would like ruin sort of the way the book was so I just said oh you know I've got word and words got spell check and that's good enough and I'm here to tell you it's not good enough um, <laughs> so when I finally did work with an editor now editors are my favorite people in the world yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to hear this because you're not the first person that I've heard this from a lot of people do say that they avoid going through an editor for this very purpose. They're they're afraid, or this very reason, they're afraid that their that their that their way of writing, their style, their word choices, all of that will get changed. But um, I think, as you just found through your experience, and I have definitely found through my experiences, is that the editing process it doesn't change our style or our voice. However, it strengthens the writing, and it certainly, if nothing else, makes sure that all of those grammar issues or spelling or punctuation or any of those things that readers notice <laughs> that readers yes they do <laughs> and will point out very loudly and brashly and it's it's just so important that those things don't wind up in in the final version so um it is hard though for a lot of people to take that choice to take that step and to move into that because of the fear of what's going to happen in editing um just my own personal experience through my first novel I thought Okay, that's not even true. When I sent it to developmental editing, I knew the book was a hot mess and I just really needed feedback on the story, <laughs> getting it, like making sure the story and the characters were going. But once we finally made it into copy editing, like it was truly amazing to me how a good editor can take what you have and just take it to the next level of, um, of, of writing. So, so important. Absolutely, they really can. They also catch things that you didn't even think of, like- right. And my, my book is set in China, and uh, it, it, there were just different spellings that I didn't even, wasn't even aware I made of city names or different, maybe I called something one thing one place, and then 50 pages on, I called it another thing, and I wasn't even aware that I did that, so they they really uh, make you feel professional. Yeah, that's great. Did And you used first editing, didn't you? I did use first editing, and they were just fantastic. Good. Well, just a shout out to them because they are a sponsor of the Women in Publishing Summit and um, they do great work and we've sent multiple clients through them and, and I've been very pleased with all of their all of their work. All right. So um, I want to go through some of the points that you um, that you sent over to me so that we can talk about some of the other specific mistakes and what happened, how you fixed it. Um, so you you 
I thought it was interesting that you mentioned specifically that you actually do have an MFA. So you've been trained in creative writing, but interestingly, they don't teach anything about the publishing, publishing. marketing. No, they do not. That. They, uh, they, they teach you very much about how to write a beautiful sentence and how to write a beautiful story and all the fine points of writing. But um, they sort of assume that you're going to get a publisher. Mm. and that they'll take care of everything and uh you know that's not always the case today it's very hard to get a publisher and even if you do get a publisher today I have learned it's not the same as it used to be when we watch these movies you know about uh eat pray love or something like that one of my favorite movies uh, and books but um you know, everybody doesn't have an editor who lets them live in their house when they get in trouble right. and cares about them that much. And um, it's hard to even get an editor to look at your work today. So um, there it is. Now, one of the other big changes that you made was the cover. Um, so when we when we put it through, we we sent it through to our cover designer and said, you know, let's make this look a little more Let's refresh this. What did you think about that process of, of and what was your original cover like? Um, who did the original cover? Was it yours or did you have? I did the original cover. <laughs> I thought I could do everything. Um, <laughs> and I knew a little Photoshop, you know, and I had some pictures and I had a concept in my mind, an idea. And so I thought, well, I'll just put this together and it'll be fine. And it, it was okay, but it did look amateur, amateurish a bit. Um, and then um, I sent it, you sent it through to your, your people and it's just beautiful. I just love it. I, it's just, I can't stop looking at it. Um, she, she, I was, believe it was Michelle, right? Michelle Fairbanks. She just captured exactly my idea, my concept. She used all of the elements we talked about and came up with a few of her own. And uh, it was just it totally transformed the book. It, now I'm proud of my book to stand up against any book. That's awesome. And, and Michelle does a wonderful job. And that really the important thing about using a professional cover designer is that they know the elements of how um, how a cover should be laid out, which I think for a lot of us, like we don't really understand uh, unless we're trained in cover design, we don't really understand the font choices and what a difference they make. The where the placement of the text and how your eye is drawn to different things, and so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of people not not doing their own covers, um, but rather hiring someone to do it for them. And it's not as expensive as people think. So if that's if that's one of the pitfalls that you're worried about, that it's going to cost thousands of dollars for a cover, there's lots of great people out there that can do one, um, at a, at a reasonable cost. So, all right, let's see. What were some of the other big mistakes that you can think of off the top of your head that you came across and, and how did you fix those? Um, one big mistake I made was thinking I could do the layout. Mm. Of course, I wrote the book in Word and 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 um, you have to, there's a different layout for ebook a little bit than there is for a print book. And uh, it just, it was a lot harder than I thought to give it a professional layout. I had some footnotes in there. I had photographs and um, it just, it wasn't professional the way I did it. It was like someone who knows a word trying to figure out how to lay something out. At first I tried to use um, Quark, 
Park Express. Uh-huh. And um, it just it just didn't work. <laughs> so I would say um, definitely don't try and do your own layout unless if you have a very simple book, I think maybe there are some tools out there you can use. But if the book is complicated, I had a large bibliography and uh, credits and things like that. I had pictures. I, I wanted to have a, a section showing all my father's medals. Um, and so it's it's not as easy as it looks. Right. I would definitely agree. And and to your point, yeah, if it's like a fiction book that doesn't have anything extra in it, you can you can use some of the tools like vellum and some other things that are really great. But um, I agree with you. As soon as you start getting into anything complicated, it's just best to hire somebody who knows how to do this, unless you're really patient and have a lot of time and know how to use InDesign and are willing to <laughs> take the time I, to I do tried. that. I tried. I but... failed. I would say another big mistake I made, and I I actually didn't know this. I didn't know anything about publishing. I didn't uh, build an audience first. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Uh, I knew who my niche was. I knew it was fans of World War II books, which there are a lot out there. And I just thought, oh, I'll put it out there and they'll see it and they'll read it. But I, I've now learned how important it is to build your audience before you publish your book right. and start a following. And, uh, and so that was another big thing I did wrong and had to correct. Um, and I guess, um, you know, there are just a lot of little things I did. I mean, there's there's so many things involved in writing a book that uh, is a historical. This is not historical fiction. It is is actually a history book. It's a little bit of a niche market. So I guess maybe if I understood the niche market a little better, um, then I would have known better how to approach it and find potential readers and get support. Yeah, for sure. That's a that's a big piece of it. And I think um, a lot of people also fall into this trap where they they launch their book and then think they can do the marketing and build the audience after the fact. And then, in fact, you find that it's a lot easier if you're if you're if you add in a couple months um, before you're, you know, from the time the book is finished before it launches, if you add in some time to actually do some pre um, pre launch marketing, how much better that can set you up for success. At the end of the day, it's still really, really hard. And no matter what you do on the front end, you still have to continue marketing on the back end. And um, I think that was one of the cool things, though, about you deciding to re-release the book, making those changes and re-releasing is that it gave you a really good opportunity around the two-year anniversary to do another big push and some marketing there. What were the, did you see any results from that or did you? Oh, very much so, yes. My sales have been very good. Um, and because this is a small book in a big world, a niche book um, about sort of an obscure topic, uh, World War II in China, um, you know, I didn't know how many people would read it, but it's amazing. Um, it's amazing how much more, how much it got distributed and how popular it was after I re-released it. That's great. I guess it's the before and after, you know, well, Maybe somebody wouldn't pick up an amateur-looking book, but somebody would pick up a professional book. It makes a big difference. It makes a really big difference. And I know one of the things you were worried about was um, uh, losing the good reviews that came along, but the kind of it also was like, well, we're getting rid of the negative reviews from the people who 
caught your mistakes and did things like that. But I think it's a it's worth noting to people. And and yours is the second book that we did a re-release on last year. Another um, fiction author was having uh, wanted to revamp quite a bit on the inside of her book, and she republished her book. And same thing, like she had a much much uh, bigger response to the second book once it had a cover that was more um, in line with the genre once she had made those changes and can do all of the things plus she'd built up a little bit of an audience by then so um, for anyone who's think who's scared of doing a re-release and making changes because of those things I would say don't be scared and go for it I think you just have to believe in your book believe that this book is worth it and that you want to give it another chance. Everybody deserves a second chance, right? Absolutely. Well, I want to selfishly ask you a question about, you mentioned that um, things changed for you after you attended the Women in Publishing Summit um, in your realization that you knew nothing about what you were doing. So talk a little bit about that, especially with the conference coming up soon. Maybe you can share why, um, why that made such a big difference to you. Well, it was probably the most, it changed my life. I'm not kidding you. It, it, wow. <laughs> it didn't just make my book better. The conference changed my life. I'm now very interested in publishing. Um, and I had no idea what a complex and intricate uh, practice or study or business or whatever you want to call it, publishing, self-publishing is or indie publishing um, today. And uh, I learned Everything I know now, I've learned at the conference, the summit, and then later there were additional classes that you offered, and I took all of them, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm totally, I feel like I'm leveled up, I've climbed the ladder of knowledge in publishing, and I'm not, um, I actually feel professional now, I don't feel like I'm sort of, you know, if someone goes, well, I'm an author, you feel kind of sheepish if you know that you have published an amateur product. But if you publish something that you're really proud of, you feel really good about it. So, I mean, I just, I, I also made new contacts with mm -hmm. a lot of other great writers who I'm still in touch with. And uh, we support each other. It's a, I would say it's a very, very supportive experience. It's an exciting experience. People, when you go there, they can't wait for the next day and they, they don't want to sign off when it's time to sign <laughs> off. My only wish is that it were live and we could all get together and hang out, you know, but but maybe someday when, when the world becomes a better place. We're working on it. It's just a whole different ball game organizing a live event than it is a virtual event. So <laughs> maybe sometime soon. Yes, it is. Um, okay, so... I mean, basically, in a nutshell, you have taken, you've done something really awesome and taken something that you could, you could tell needed some work on it. You did the work that needed to be done. You put it back out there. Now you're growing your own, your own um, self-publishing, like, business, I think, is what you're doing, right? Pretty much. I've started a new series of books. And uh, I'm working on the first one. I'm actually uh, using, there's a tool called Fictionary, uh -huh. which is very helpful. And uh, I'm, I'm running it through Fictionary. And, uh, and I, I, I'm starting to build my audience. Um, I'm working with uh, someone in your organization, Raywin, mm -hmm. is helping me with planning my content. Because one problem I had was, as a writer, you don't have time to 
both write everything and then go out and do all the marketing, make all the graphics. And so I'm learning from Ray when ways to manage that. Um, and uh, it's just it's just been an incredible experience. Great. And you put together a special um, a special cheat sheet um, that we, we've got the link for in the notes as well. But you want to tell everybody what? I did. I, uh, I thought about um, what were my five top tips for people. I know there's a lot of people out of there. They, there are many topics. I know it could be many different things. But in my case, it was uh, taking my father's um, kind of notes and letters and little memoirs that he had written since the 1960s and putting them all together to, and making a story out of them. My writing part came in writing the story of it and making notes a story. And I think that there's probably a lot of people out there like that now. Maybe uh, I see a lot of people talking about it or other things, you know, whatever your book is, there's, there's five really tips. And I'd say the first one is find your niche. Uh, you know, find out who's going to read this book. Um, because another tip is then you're going to go out and find those people and amplify your message and market to them. Um, another really important thing is find the story. You know, you can't, um, story is everything. Um, neuroscience teaches us that when a person hears a story, whether it's they read it or whether someone tells it to them, their brain fires off neurons and in their mind, they're recreating the story. They're actually seeing it happen, okay? And it, that's probably why sometimes you go see a movie of a book you loved and you go, she didn't look like that. Or you go, that's not how I saw it because your mind has already made up that story. So you have to give people a solid story uh, that flows all the way through in order to uh, to get them to relate to it and make it come alive for them. So the story is everything. Um, another big thing is getting your facts straight. If you're doing anything about historical fiction or anything technical or involved, if you're gonna talk about Charlemagne, for example, you wanna make sure you know when Charlemagne lived. Right. And, you know, you can't just, because people will call you out on it if you don't. So there's a, a large element of research, even in fiction, like I said, you know, well, I know you just went to Paris and uh, it's like you said, if, if you're talking about so-and-so met someone on a street corner, you gotta make sure that street corner is really there because someone will know right. it's not there. So um, those things, and of course, my biggest tip is hire an editor, <laughs> do not go at it. Microsoft Word is a wonderful tool, right? But it's it's not good enough. You've got to hire an editor. And you know, I mean, Pro Writing Aid as well as an artificial and AI tool, like it's a wonderful, wonderful tool too to help you like clean things up and get the basics done. But there's just even even the folks at Pro Writing Aid will say that's your good self, that's your good self editing tool. But you should always be working with a human who can catch nuances and structure things and things like you were saying, where somebody's called this in one paragraph and called something else in a different paragraph, AI doesn't necessarily pick those types of things up. So yeah, I agree on the editing a hundred percent. 
Okay. Well, Rainy, it's been a pleasure having you on and um, a pleasure working with you. You've been such a great um, client and student and member of our community. And I can't wait to see what happens with your next book series and hope. Thank you. I'm so excited. All right. Well, um, where can people find you if they want to follow you? They can follow me on the internet, www.rainyhorvath.com. Uh, I'm also on uh, Instagram, uh, rainyhorvath underscore author. And, uh, And that's about it for now. All right. Well, that's definitely a great place to start. Well, thank you so much and have a great afternoon. Thank you too, Alexa. Have a great day. You don't have to give me your heart. You don't have to give it away. You don't got Thank you for joining us on the Publisher Podcast. We hope to see you back for the next episode. Great, huge thanks goes to Jasmine Commerce for the use of her song. You can find Jasmine on SoundCloud. Go check out all of her music. We'll see you next time.